When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sound of the preseason horn. Welcome to Clipcast. I'm your host, Chris Kawild. With me, as always, is my best friend and broadcasting partner, Burbank Hank. Oh, new phone. Who this? Just kidding. It's me, Burbank Hank. Chris, we're back. What a long and terrible offseason. What was it? Three days? I like to call a <laughs> stop. I like to call the offseason the NBA trade season. Ooh. And and you and I did some shows during the NBA trade sure. season, and the Clippers, the Clippers didn't really make any astronomical moves Whoa, at all. It what? Was just, well, we just brought guys back. No, we, what? And then, of course, the Bledsoe for Beverly. Okay, there we go. <sighs> Sheesh. Well, you were at the game. I would think that you had – the first question I wanted to ask you is, how different did it feel watching the Clippers without Pat Beverly? That's my first question for you. I'm interviewing you. Gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, I didn't realize that you were going to punch into my chest, grab my heart, and bring it out. That's what and I do. Let me bleed out and die while looking at my own heart, which I don't have anymore because Patrick Beverly was the heart and soul of that Clipper Love him so much. locker room, and he's he's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. He's gone. I miss him, and I do follow. Like Twitter knows that I love Patrick Beverly, sure. so it just I it doesn't even it just all of a sudden the algorithm will just regurgitate all the Patrick Beverly tweets and give it to me right there on a silver platter. And every time I open Twitter, I get a little misty-eyed because he's doing great in Minnesota. They love him in Minnesota, and we loved him, and he was great. Sure. You also get a little misty-eyed because you usually have been day drinking. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll wake and bake, and then I'll have a sip. Come on. All a right, so A fancy clipper sipper. That's right. So I go to the game the other night and it's very much in the theatrical world like a dress rehearsal sure it's it feels like the real thing it looks like the real thing but it ain't the real thing no and normally i always tweet out game day on the day of the game but i decided not to do it for preseason i believe last year i think there was four preseason games i think we went either one and three or oh and four we were terrible in the preseason yeah. because it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. You're trying things out. You're getting these guys. It's more like an understudy rehearsal. If you really want to get geeky about it, because you're bringing in all your, oh, wow. you're bringing in all your players off the bench to try them out, see what they do and see what other, see who's going to make this roster. Right. Yes. Well, Ty Lue started five guys, Brandon Boston Jr., who immediately impressed me. Yes. Amir Coffey, Ivica Zubats, Reggie Jackson, and Eric Bledsoe, who was lights out. Bang. Six minutes, nine points, three for three from three-point land, and then sit him. Coach Ty Lue does a hockey swap and literally brings in my new favorite Clipper bench player, Hartenstein. Okay, yeah, he's the backup yeah. center. This is great. It's I, great. I've got a whole character for him. Jay Scrub, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, and Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow 
did not impress me, I'll be quite honest. Oh. Hartenstein impressed me mostly because I knew nothing about him, and I was like, who is this big monster? This this all heart meets Frankenstein, ah, fire, bad, rebound, good. Like, who is this monster, Isaiah Hartenstein? And he kind of delighted me. But my immediate player on the floor who impressed me was Brandon Boston Jr., and yeah. here's why. He jumped up to get just a simple rebound. He wasn't necessarily boxing guys out. It was just him jumping up through the sky to grab a rebound early, early, early. And I swear to God, he almost hit his head on the rim. He jumped out of the building to grab that rebound. So he impressed me right out of the gates. Of course, Reggie Jackson impressed me right out of the gates. Sure. Terrence Mann impressed me right out of the gates. I loved Eric Bledsoe with picks and rolls. Oh, yes. To, to Zoo. Zoo bots. You want to yes, see I that? Liked you want to see that? that. So, I, hold on. I want to derail yeah. you just for a second, though, because because a lot of people have been talking to you about Justice Winslow and his game mm. and how he looks. You need to really, we need to keep in mind about Justice Winslow that Justice Winslow kind of came into the league as a freak of nature. I mean, seriously, as an athletic specimen, Blake Griffin style, leaping over guys. And then he had multiple seasons where he was killed by multiple, like, multiple injuries. And they have not oh. brought him onto the team in order to be that original freakish offensive presence. They have brought him in hoping that he will be a defensive presence. And I personally no defensive think, justice. and I actually think that he, and especially keep in mind um, to take a page from Brian Seaman, that they've had to replace Patrick Beverly by a committee I would argue that Justice Winslow coming in, that they hope to come in and play defense. His two for eight field goal, per, to, shooting field goals, two for eight is what worries people. But literally, he's a guy they wanted to play defense. And of his seven rebounds, six of them were defensive rebounds with one block. So, I, okay. and, and to argue again against him being an offensive presence, he also had three turnovers to four assists. So yeah. that's not a great ratio, but looking at his... You know, his one block and his six defensive rebounds, it's kind of what you're hoping for him to do. So I'm okay, but I think we just have to manage expectations of what he's ever going to do for us offensively. I'm a spoiled little baby. Well, you are I the babyest baby, that. yes. Moving in. Yeah. Okay, moving into this apartment With a dirty called Clipcast yes. together. I'm a spoiled, cranky baby. You're such a cranky baby. And the reason I'm so spoiled is because of Nicholas Batum because he just showed everybody what he was yeah. capable of, even though they yeah. wrote him off, and he showed everyone what he was capable of. We had, an, we had another guy last year who everyone was like, ah, he's a jerk, and then, nah, he's not. So I am spoiled by guys like Nicholas Batum, sure. who everyone said is a real piece of the business, and he stinks, and his best years are behind him. And then all of a sudden, he comes out, has – an amazing season. The Clippers have their greatest season ever. And then Nicholas Batum is a delight on the global oh, stage. Oh, got him and becomes back. Knighted. He becomes knighted in France. Oh, my gosh. Is he that is true? Sir is that true? Nicholas Batum. He is a French knight. Oh, my gosh. Sir. He is and he, not knight. only was he dominant in his position at the four, but then in the playoffs, when Zubats wasn't adding up and Serge Ibaka was out injured, he learned how to play sure, the five. Zubats got injured. He learned how to yeah, play the Zou five. And Zoo was injured, too. Yes. That's true. 
That sure is, it turns out. And he learned how to play the five. So yes, not everybody is going to be that for Batuma. Let's get let's give these guys some time. I also liked um, I also like Giles this season. Um, I, I don't know if we've exactly seen everything he has to offer, except that he got 12 rebounds. And he is a guy, right. he's another guy. Um, he's a young dude who's been in the league since 2017 and came in through the Blazers and has had a lot of injuries, which troubles me. But he's another guy that I think we're going to want to watch because 12 rebounds is pretty amazing. Absolutely. Pretty, he in almost doubled double amount of time. Yeah. And also, let's not let's not sleep on his majesty. I know we have a knight on the team, but we also have some royalty because I am down with the king. George King came in and lit it up, went four for four at one point. He ended up with uh, going four out of five. But, like, George King came on the floor and in 12 minutes scored 12 points and was just like the coolest cucumber veteran on the floor. And I just absolutely loved it. Oh, I am buddy, down with the king. The only guy who did playing the for only, his NBA life. The only guy who shot better from three was Reggie. And you, we didn't give Reggie time to miss threes. I think that's like such a, we always talk about this because Chris and I are both surfers, uh, as we have talked about many times. And we always totally joke about the one thing none of us will ever do is get out there to surf, get a great wave right off the bat, and then just quit. Because it would be the biggest baller move to go out there, get the wave of the day, and then just call it a day. But that's literally right. what they did with Reggie Jackson. He, he went three for that's three. That's what Ty Lue did, yeah. He went three for three from three, and they got him out of there. And I I love it. I love it. But six, you never know. Six minutes in change. But I mean, three, three of four from three, four of five from the field, 12 points. You want that from King. You like it. You like it. So, so I was in the building for preseason game one, preseason home game. I'm going back again tonight. If you get a chance to ever go to a preseason game, it's pretty great because I'm pretty sure you just go and you give them like some old crackers and some loose change that you found in the car seat and they give you a ticket. And then you just go in and sit anywhere you oh my, like. Oh my gosh, there were less than 8,000 fans at the game. And my understanding from looking at ESPN.com today is that you can get a ticket to tonight's game for like $3. Yeah. I think that's three dollars too many. It says tickets starting <laughs> at three dollars. <laughs> do yourself a favor and do not buy any ticket that costs more than three dollars no, do and just walk straight to the floor. And if one of the Staples Center employees gives you any guff, you just point up and go, Hey, where are the L word banners? And then they'll look up and be like, Yeah, where are and then then run. Just, right behind them. Just, run. Woo, just go. And then, yeah. and just mention the clipcast and they'll let you right through to the court. That's the secret. If you go down there and say, Hey, I'm with Clipcast, they'll let you go play. Well, as everyone knows who's in on the Clipper Nation scene, PS, hashtag Clipper Nation is not eliciting a Clipper logo on Twitter. And so I weird. wonder what you think, that's all you think it about. Mean, you think it means something. I'm, I'm, I I'm, do. I'm curious, purious about it. <laughs> I am furious about your curious, you purious. Hate that. Because it, that. Well, it's not, no one's named Purious. Like no one on planet Earth is named Oh, that's not purious. true. That's not true. My great yes, aunt, is. my great aunt, Purious Burbank, Hank Dittman. That is a lie, a bold face. Oh, how dare! Lie. Rest in peace, Aunt Purius. So there's yes, dude. Rest in power. So none of the NBA hashtags are available. So something is definitely up, and I don't think it's like the NBA is boycotting Twitter. I think the NBA is reshuffling their deck, and I'm hoping that the Clippers get a new hashtag. 
I, who knows what we're going to get. And as soon as we do, we'll talk about it on the show and we'll tweet it out ad nauseum at LA Clipcast. If you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter. NBA Twitter is where it's at. But you asked me, I believe, at the start of the show, did I miss Patrick Beverly or something to that nature? And I'll, I got to be honest, I got there. We're getting much closer to what proper Clipper basketball used to be. So during COVID-19, you and I were basically, there was a, there was a time when fans weren't allowed in the building at all, and it was just reporters. This was honestly a highlight for me. Um, but then they let fans back in the building, and, and but they did not let really me and you at least, or a lot of the members of the media, anywhere near anyone. And we were kind of up in the hockey box, and we were delegated this outdoor area to eat. There's a sense of normalcy. We're not back in the locker room, but we are back in the Chick Hearn press room. So there is that press room gathering before the game that was not there for the past year and change. So that was nice. We're not back in the locker room yet, but I feel like we're getting a baby step closer to that locker room. And when I go tonight and I'm in the Chick Chick Horn, Chick Hearn, I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy. I'm a Ralph Lawler guy. Anyway, when I'm in the Chick Hearn press room, I'm going to ask, when do you guys think we'll be back in the locker room, if ever again? I'm going to find out. I'll let you guys know. So we're getting back to normalcy. And I was allowed on the floor pregame for the first time. You know, last season I wasn't allowed there at all. This season I'm back. And so I get down there on the floor pregame. And I'll tell you honestly, I was overwhelmed. I was excited. I was like, oh my gosh, this is back. We're back. And I couldn't take my eyes off of Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe's pregame warm-up, I was just fascinated. I was like, oh my gosh. It was like, it was like the prodigal son has returned. Eric Bledsoe. I believe was drafted by Coach Dunleavy. He was a backup point guard. We let him go because maybe we got a Darren Collison and we didn't want to pay Eric Bledsoe. But regardless, Bledsoe was called mini LeBron by stupid LeBron. I love Eric Bledsoe, and I couldn't take my eyes off of him. And he impressed the heck out of me. His pregame warm-up, his defensive energy his veteran swag on the floor. I I love this guy. And I thought he was going to be the backup point guard. And it looks like he is going to be the starting two guard. So we're going to start Reggie Jackson, who we love, and who really was lights out, as we've already talked about, just in six minutes and change, three for three, great intensity. Ty Lue did that hockey swap, and Terrence Mann comes in, Terrence Mann had the first basket for that new group of five, and his energy was off the charts, and he impressed me. But I thought Eric Bledsoe was going to be our backup point guard. I was wrong, Hank. Our starting five, according to Ty Lue, is going to be Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, Paul George, while we wait for Kawhi Leonard to heal. And by the way, his healing is going faster than expected. So I think we will get him back immediately after All-Star break, like I predicted. So our starting five again is Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, Paul George, Marcus Morris Sr., Evicha Zubats. Yeah. I thought the starting five was going to be Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Paul George, Marcus Morris, Serge Ibaka. So my question to you, Hank, is do you think Ty Lue is right? Should it be Zubats over Serge Ibaka? Do you think Ty Lue is right? Should it be Reggie Jackson over Terrence Mann. 
Oh, I think you mean Eric. Oh, excuse me. Eric excuse Bledsoe. me. Eric Bledsoe. Uh, yeah. For some reason, those names are nothing alike, but I keep swapping them as well. It's crazy. Uh, you know what, man? I think this is the right call. And what what is weird about it is that we are arguing. I am now going to argue that Ty Lu is correct in playing the player that I think is uh, the better player as the as the bench player coming off in the second unit. Uh, I honest mm. I honestly think that man is amazing. But again, I'm going to come back to this point that I think that we're replacing Patrick Beverly by committee. Uh, and I think that you look at someone like Patrick Beverly, and to me, he always worked better in the second unit. He just did. He just felt to me like a second unit leader who could come in and disrupt and have crazy. But he was our starting and, point. I know he was. I know he was, but I always felt like he was better in the second unit. That was just my preference for Patrick Beverly. And so I think that for me, Eric Bledsoe's veteran leadership makes him the better starter. Uh, because there's because their stats are pretty darn similar. You look at Bledsoe's stats from last year versus Mann's, and Bledsoe averaged maybe five more points, and Mann averaged maybe one more assist. Um, and Mann shot better from three, but my guess off the top of my head is that Eric Bledsoe maybe shot more threes. Uh, but my feeling is that Bledsoe, as the veteran, as the guy who's going to get you assists, as the guy who's going to run the offense, but most importantly, the guy who has experience, which is what we saw get in man's way a little bit because he's young, because he's new. Yes, he has more experience now after what he went through last year, but he doesn't have 10 years of NBA playing that Eric Bledsoe does. So I think Eric Bledsoe is the right starter, first of all, because of his ability to understand the NBA game just better by definition of his length in the league. But then also I think man is the better guy to come off the bench because his greatest detriment is also his greatest asset, which is uncontrollable energy. So we saw more than one time last year during the Happy postseason feet. where where man just was out of control. And look, man scored like six straight points in the final quarter in this comeback of this preseason game. Man has mm -hmm. clearly even gotten better. But for He's now, I think you put him in. I think you have him coming off the bench. I think it's the right call. For Zubats, the reason why I think you're right to start him over Serge is because Serge Ibaka literally got cleared for contact practice today or yesterday. And right. I think you've got to put the miles on Zoo. I really do. I also think this Zoo Bledsoe thing is very fascinating. There were some totally. really nice plays between the two of them, some nice pick Absolutely. and roll. But, but I really think you have to save Serge. And I think that then you've got Serge coming in with his veteran leadership for the second unit. So I actually like the way this plays out. What do you think? I want you to hear me say this. Oh, Hank. boy. Oh, boy. Feels I want combative. you to hear me say this. Feels okay? And I'm not just being, and this is what I really want you to hear. I'm not just being Marion the contrarian. Oh, oh, I like this. Yeah, of course you like it. Because right Marion's a real name. Right now I'm nervous. It's a real this. name. You could actually have an aunt or aunt named Marion. You could in a in a real world setting. There could be an aunt Marion. Oh, hold on, hold on, my daughter. Hold on, my daughter just came in the studio. Uh, Purious May, Purious May. I'm working right now. Your daughter, your daughter's name Pur is Purious May. Yeah, is that her, what you're saying? I named her after my great aunt Purious. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> I'm gonna puke on the on the air. I'm going. So if you don't want to hear the noise of a man vomiting, please just. There's a little skip 15 second or skip 30 <laughs> second, I think. <laughs> I am not being Marion the Contrarian. Oh, okay. 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 I would like to say before I voice my opinion on this, 
Ty Lu is smarter than me. <laughs> yes. Ty Lu is much smarter than Chris Kawild. Sure. Okay. Sure. Ty Lu is also a far superior coach to Doc Rivers, and I want to talk about that later. More? I do because Ty Lu is awesome, and we've got him, and we've only had him for one season. And he was great. And you look at what's going on in Philadelphia right now, and, and you kind of got to point the finger at Doc Rivers. They were the best team in the Eastern Conference. Here I am talking about it. And they couldn't get out of round two. And then he goes on national television and blasts his number two star. And now look at the ramifications. It, it's literally Doc Rivers' fault. And I, I always said, oh, the thing about Doc Rivers is he's so media savvy. And then he went to the media and just destroyed Philadelphia's relationship with Ben Simmons, who can't hit a free throw to save his life. I hate Doc Rivers. I Hindsight is twenty twenty, and we should have done so much more. Doc Rivers held us down. Look at what Chris Paul was able to do in the four years after getting out of Doc Rivers' systems. Oh, that's a good point. That's three a good, different But who teams. do you hate more? Who do you hate more, Philly fans or Doc Rivers? I mean, I feel like they deserve him. Ah, <laughs> uh, Philly fans are the worst. the worst. They'll tell you that. They'll admit it. So I'm not I'm not being Marion the contrarian. Fair. I love Terrence Mann. I love the growth. And I'm excited for Ty Lue. I think what Ty Lue's doing here is trying to turn Terrence Mann into a Jamal Crawford or Lou Williams style sixth man of the year potential Montrez Harrell, if you will. We we had a lot of six He's man a of the years come through the Clippers. He's a disruptor. And it's all about bringing that energy off the bench. Yeah. You, you just talked about it. Yeah. So I totally get it, Ty Lue. I totally get it. Oh, boy. But that being said, I love Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann is the man. Terrence Mann had the most points in the most important Clippers game ever. I love Terrence Mann. 39 points in that game six. I was there, man. We were down 25. We were out of that game. Terrence Mann, Terrence Mann by the way, was putting the Clippers on his shoulders from the jump. And then certainly when we were down 25, he really took that team along with Paul George and Reggie Jackson and got us back in it. But Terrence Mann impressed me so much. And I say reward that young man. Reward that young man for his heroic efforts. And I think the exponential growth that we've seen in just two short seasons of Terrence Mann, forget his first season. That's a wash. We didn't really know what we had. But the two seasons I'm talking about is last season's regular season and last season's postseason. Terrence Mann put on a clinic. And I love this man. And I love his growth. So I say reward that young man with the starting slot. He's not even a point guard, Hank. I think he was like a small forward when he was a semi-knoll over there in FSU, F and SU up every day. I love Terrence Mann, and I love the growth. So I say reward that young man. Yeah, now listen, now, one, more, one more thing as a side note, and I, I agree with everything yeah. you're, I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, I, I found it really fun. Oh, so fun. you agree that I think, I'm not as smart as Ty no, Lue. That's the, you agree that Ty yeah, Lue is smarter it. than Chris Wilde. That's the main thing. <laughs> that's the main thing. Uh, do you know, did you know that, did you see that Terrence Mann has still not watched his 39-point game he, because he watches the games he's bad in because that's where he can learn. He's not even gone back and rewatched that 39-point stunner, which I love about him. He, he lived it. He doesn't need to watch he it. Lived he it. was there. He lived he it. He lived it. So here I am, not being Marion the contrarian, but I'll tell you exactly why I think Serge Ibaka should get the start. Yes, I know he was just activated for contact drills or whatever you just said. 
I get it. He was just he, we got we got to be very careful with him. I get that. But the but the absolute split second that Serge Ibaka is a hundred percent, and we found out by the way Marcus Morris was not a hundred percent, and Marcus Morris said if I was a hundred percent they would have gone to the finals, and I agree with that statement. Even without Kawhi, we have a Marcus Morris a hundred percent with Paul George playing the way he did and Reggie and Terrence. I agree. I think we oh my gosh our, our, our losses of those squeakers our losses were close ones with Marcus Morris without checking the stats. My memory serves that Marcus Morris oh, gosh. didn't shoot well in the games we lost. He just, yeah, agreed. There was that there was that home game versus the Chad Army of Phoenix Suns where we literally, neither team could score in like an hour, in an actual yeah. real-life yeah. hour. Hey, Suns and like four. A- Suns and four. Yeah, no, no. So how'd they do in the finals? Did they sweep? They won Did in they- four from what their Twitter all told me. <laughs> We're going to... We're going to build a Larry O'Brien trophy oh, out of boy. sand, cactuses, <laughs> and tears. They had a makeshift championship parade coming from the airport to the stadium or something when they won the Western Conference Finals. That is such a dumb move. I remember a lot of people, a lot of people like gave the Clippers sour grapes because we were all so thrilled to make our very first ever Final Four. And Terrence Mann came back into the locker room and everybody dunked water on him in a celebratory manner because the kid had his career high 39 points in the most important game in franchise history. But we didn't have a parade. We didn't put the guys in convertibles and drive them up and down Figueroa. We just poured water on on our sophomore guy. Buddy, that is the hubris of the... Phoenix Suns fan base, we talked about it all through the playoffs. They were so entitled. They felt so sure they were the best team. They felt so sure they were going to beat everybody. They had an easier walk through the playoffs because every team they met up with had multiple leading starting players injured. Uh, And, you know, and there you go. That's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah. Couldn't happen to a nicer team. Screw them. So I say, I say, as soon as Serge Ibaka is 100%, that's your starting center. You bring Zubats off the bench. That's what I've always wanted. That's what I'm hoping will happen. I love Zubats. I posted a video of him. Every every pregame, I'm going to keep filming him shooting his bricky threes. Zoo, stop, okay? You're not that guy. <laughs> you are. I love him because he hits his free throws. Hartenstein got in there, ah, free throw, hard. Rah, fire, bad, rebound, good. But I'll tell you something, Zubats gets to that charity stripe, and he is automatic. He hits his free throws. He really wants to extend his game and bury some threes. I just don't see it. Everybody doesn't have to be everybody doesn't have to be a unicorn. And when you've got you're talking about the guy who led the team in rebounds and blocks last season, he averaged just over seven rebounds and pretty close to a single block every game. He averaged. Mm. Then, then mm. you know, I'm happy for you wanting to confuse the defense and make them spread the floor and all of that. But I don't know. His first if his first Zoo, shot of the game was a sky hook that was beautiful. Maybe stick to that. I don't know. Maybe exactly. work. Maybe work on getting up to the rim without having to stop and dribble two times in the paint while the defenders swarm you. Maybe it would be better things Absolutely. to work on. Um, but I'm very excited to work see on he... alley oop dunks. Work yeah. on alley oop dunks yeah. because that's not his strong point, and it needs to be more than the three. Yeah, he needs to be able to catch hey, the ball in transition and dunk it for sure. But I, I think we're going to see great growth from him this season, no doubt. Oh, 100. And he keeps growing. 
But you just said the guy averages seven games. rebounds a game. He played more games. Yeah, no, than he's a any, horse. He played more games he's than any Clipper last season by five. I need him to average a double digits in rebounds, or I need him to shut up. I need him to get double digits in rebounds. I need him to average 10 rebounds. I need it. I need it to live. That's my oxygen. That's my vaccine, okay? Yeah. Inject 10 rebounds per game of Zubats into my veins, then give me a booster shot and get it up to 12 rebounds, now, okay? I, I would like because to see Serge Ibaka, go up too. I mean, he, he averaged about nine points a game, and I feel like there were a lot of games where he doubled in rebounds and was he needs just to be a 10, under 10. 10 guy. So, yeah, yeah. No, I'd love to see him be a 15 and 10 guy. I, I, I'm look. Why not forty and ten am, guy? Why not a forty and twenty guy? Why are we, why? What are we doing? Why are we wishing? I so say small? I say we put a cap on our dreams. <laughs> well, this is what I learned. I kept saying on this show, all I want is just to go to the conference finals. I'm not asking for much. All I want is to. I'm win. not asking win for the chip. What an idiot I was. An idiot. Dumb what idiot. Here's here's why maybe I'm smarter than Tyler. Oh, tell me. I'm curious. Oh God. <laughs> I'm furious like no one named Furious. I'm mad like Brad, okay? That's a real thing. Don't you dare. Don't you dare toot when I'm this mad. I'm seeing red. I really, get, I really got your goat. Toot, toot. I am an old man, okay? I'm an old man. Sure. And I can admit when I'm wrong. And I am capable of change. I mean, that is- <laughs> Only one of those like, things is true. But that, no, this this is I'm capable of changing. I can admit when I'm wrong. Like, no, who does that as an old fart? No one. No one does that. I am I am here to tell you that I am wrong. Okay, so here here's a couple of things I was wrong about, and I'd, I'd like to just I'd like to uh, air my grievances. I don't know. I, I I'd like to publicly say I was wrong about a lot of things, and let, let's just get them right out there. Okay. One, I was wrong. When I was saying to anyone who would listen, all I want is just to get to the final four. All I want is to get to the conference finals. That's all I want. I was wrong, Clipper Nation. I was wrong to put that out there into the Clipper universe because no, Clipper Nation, I was wrong. We deserve more than that. We deserve a Western Conference champion banner. We deserve an NBA champion banner. We deserve multiple NBA champion banners, and I want it before we move to Inglewood, and I was wrong, and I apologize. Now, I said something on Twitter the other day and immediately realized I was wrong. Who does that, by the way? No one does that. No, Twitter has never changed anyone's opinion. If anything, you can just kind of you kind of nitpick and choose what you find to support the evidence that you've just created. Okay, yeah, so that's then, like the problem you, you with argue social it, media. You argue it and argue it and argue it, and then you call and, argue the other, it. and then you call the other person a bot, and then you're done. <laughs> exactly. <That's> exactly. <laughs> you're a bot. Zero 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 one 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 zero. Does that make more sense to you, Russian bot? That's what you do. So, so somebody said something like. You know, listen to these Clippers podcasts, okay? And obviously they listed us and they listed Locked On and, you know, they listed a handful of others. And then somebody chimed in like, oh, don't forget, I can't remember off the top of my head. And I said publicly, I don't understand why anyone would pay to play. And I said, why would you pay for Clippers content when there's so much Clippers content available for free? So you kind of get why I would say that. No, I but guess. But I'm here to... I guess. I'm here to tell you. 
I was wrong. Yeah. I'm absolutely wrong. If you want to pay your favorite Clippers content provider a dollar a month, yeah. $5 a month, $10 a month, $100 a month, and if that's what you want to do because you love the Clippers and you love their content and you want more content, then do it. Who the hell am I to tell oh you gosh, I, I'd love what to, to I'd, do? I'd love to take it a step further. I mean, we we are a very different kind of podcasters in that we are a comedy podcast. We love the Clippers. We're, we've been fans of the Clippers for 20 plus years. The truth mm. is we make our livings as professional actors and writers. Big and, shot and movie sort of stars. And, and our, but I would number like to Number two say movie on Netflix, about The Duff, the, starring the, Chris Wilde. Watch it now. The, the Duff on Netflix. The Clippers podcasters and the Clippers reporters and the Clippers bloggers are so good that the Lakers Great. steal them. That's right, the L that, word. They that's steal how good our they guys. Are. That's how good they are. That's and right. these guys, a lot of them, are trying to work jobs and use their lunch breaks to record their content. They're out there be- beating right. the bushes to get information and collect mm-hmm. stats and study they them. Live. And I 100% feel like people should should get that money. For us, it makes sense to keep it out there for free. Uh, it also right. makes me feel far less pressure because it's just like we're just having a good time and we hope you all listen and we hope you come in here and have a good time. Oh, yeah. And we don't have to be subjective because no one's paying us. And as a result of that, we can just be the homers that we are, right? And, and, but but that said, these guys are really these guys are really good, and they, and sure. I really feel like you're talking about Farbod and you're talking about the Lockdown Clippers guys, and the list goes Justin on and on. Russo, Russo sure, is amazing. Sure, sure. They should be followed. They should be shared. They should be liked yes. and, and reviewed. And in a situation where they're hoping for subscribers, if you listen and read their stuff on a regular basis, throw throw it throw them the, the money. You definitely should yeah. do it. I'm glad. I'm glad you realized well, if you that. Got, if you got but a little realized, extra, if you got a little extra scratch, throw it to and him. You want to share it with your Clipper content providers? Throw go ahead it, and do it. But, I'm buddy, wrong. but I listen. I get why for us, it's not a yes to ask for donations. The donation we want is for you for you to share our podcast and give us great reviews and give us five star ratings and that sort of thing. Right. But for these guys, I, we, I, we I, make, I, we make a little pittance it. with our commercials. We make a little pittance with our commercials. Yeah, yeah, sure. Your wife. Gets so that. I'd like to. Your wife I, gets that money. I'd like to. Yes, I give all the money that we earn on this show to my wife, so she lets me go to the games. Okay. <laughs> so I was wrong. Okay, I was also wrong when I said earlier that Ty Lue is smarter than me. Clearly, I'm smarter than Ty Lue because I can admit that I'm wrong and I can change. Oh, this is the worst. <laughs> this, this, Ty, I hate this. I do like what Ty Lue said. I'm a grown-ass man. I'm going to do what <laughs> I, I want to do. I love that. Hey, I hey, love wait, Ty hey listen, I got breaking news, dude. Oh, hit me, hit me. I have breaking news. Less than an hour ago, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out, at mm. Woj ESPN, Player, mm. players won't be mm. won't be subject to random tests for marijuana this season according to oh. the NBA Players Association memo shared with players and obtained by ESPN testing continues for drugs of abuse and performance enhancing substances but according to Adrian Wojnarowski at Woj ESPN players can crack that code smoke that weed roll those bones and all the other euphemisms for getting sweet, sweet high on 420. Now, I'm sure they can't do that in states where it's not legal, but we'll never know what that's like because we live in beautiful California where you can smoke it all you want. Oh, you're smoking a bong! You're smoking a bong while you're recording! It's a pretty good bong sound effect. But I, fi- I find that I think that's great because I actually feel as though marijuana has been underutilized by the NBA for not only for players' physical rehabilitation, but also for mental health. 
you know they, so all right all right we get it you're smoking pot uh hey, dave's not here man but i think it's dave's a, not here man bits 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 <laughs> i'll tell you something i learned during the nba trade season and i think we always suspected it Kawhi leonard our guy we love him. that's our guy and maybe this is why his rehab is going so well he is to marijuana use as Phelps is to swimming medals. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. I no, I don't know what you're talking about. So remember, were you in the were you in the press conference yes. with me when we were waiting and yes. waiting and waiting for Kawhi Leonard, yes. and all of a sudden it smelled like it smelled like weed, a skunk. Yeah, it smelled like a skunk walked the through, good or it's it smelled like Otto's jacket. Sure, it smelled like. John Mayer and the Dead and Company were playing inside Staples Center at that exact moment. Yes, all these it smelled smell like, like pot. It smelled like some weed. Yeah, okay, sure. so I have always suspected that Kawhi Leonard with that with that he's got a little he's a little glaze. There's maybe a little glaze like yeah. a donut over, oh, his, I actually, over I actually, his eyeballs. I actually think somebody in the press room that day looked at us and said, It's part of his rehab, and we were like, Oh yeah, it's, sure. And they were giving us a scoop. They were giving us a scoop, and we didn't know it. Maybe. Yeah, they were giving us a juicy nugget of information. I I was told by a source that is close to. He just he just has his. I met him. He's a big Clipcast fan, which I obviously loved, and he might be listening to the show right now. He told me he's like, oh, dude, Kawhi Leonard is. I think he called it the Robert Parrish of the NBA, but he was like, that dude is constantly on that recreational medicinal. He is, he is the Bruce Jenner of decathlons. He is the Phelps of (laughs) swimming medals. He loves him some weed, Kawhi Leonard. He loves it. Well, great. It's good for him. It's good for all of us. I assume that means we can smoke weed at the games. I'm gonna and try none of that these out. Vape pens. I'm gonna none of these vape no, pens. No, a pipe. A gentleman's a proper pipe. A gentleman's corn cob pipe. A briar. No, pipe. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a deer stalker cap like Sherlock Holmes and have a deep pipe. I don't know what kind of pipe that. An ivory. It's gonna be made of. It's gonna be an ivory pipe. Ooh, okay. I like the Irish briar, uh, but go ahead. Yeah, so it's gonna be ivory where they killed an elephant and they just took one oh, tusk and they on. wasted. They wasted the rest oh of the elephants. Oh my gosh! You're completely awful. wasted. You're awful. You keep st- getting me. You keep getting me on board and then kicking me off the back of the train. It's awful. You know what? I was wrong oh, once again. God. I admit I was wrong. <laughs> they should have used that. every inch of that dead elephant. Oh no! <laughs> no, no, no! But I will definitely smoke a gentleman's pipe in my deer stalker cap at tonight's preseason game and i'll let you know how it goes and if the security comes up to me i'm gonna go hey where are the l word banners anyway and then he'll turn <laughs> then his run. head and poof we're i'll be gone in a cloud of smoke we're with <laughs> no it is true folks when you go to a clippers game at staples center any employee you see in the purple shirt just doesn't want you there for some reason Every purple-shirted employee, every single one, there's no exception to this rule, by the way, every single one hates us, hates the Clippers. Oh, yeah, they're Lakers fans. Even though... Yeah, yeah, they're all Lakers fans, yeah. Even though 
Nine out of ten years we've been to the postseason, we literally give them money to be there to work. The other team barely has made the playoffs during that ten-year stretch. The only time they did well was when the playoffs weren't at Staples Center in a Disney soundstage well, I got a in theory. Kissimmee, Florida. I got a theory. Yeah, talk to me. Here's my theory. theory. For 20 or 30 years, well, maybe not that long. because it's they, How long have they been in L.A.? 30 years? They've been at Staples Center since 99. Okay. I know that for a fact. Okay. So for the first half of that time, if you got booked to work a Clippers game, well, it was an easy night at work. Oh sure. Yeah, like a third. Oh sure. Yeah, like a th- yeah, maybe cleaning up trash after maybe t- ten to twelve thousand people. Is it a lot easier Tops. to get people out of there? Not a not, Way not loud if you have sensitive hearing. And then that's right. Then we got Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and the Lob City era Uh-oh. started. We started selling out games. We've been selling Packing out games ever since. And now it's it's harder work. It's harder oh, work. It's much harder. I just have never oh, yeah. exactly understood. But this is you're 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 gonna not agree with this. I, I also mm-hmm. am a guy who kind of gets behind all of the Los Angeles teams, even though, for example, I prefer the Rams to the Chargers. And but you I, like the Chargers. And I clown my friends. Eh, I I just would never go out of my way to crush a team that has Los Angeles in front of their name. Um, but that's Fair not going to really ring true to you because you're you're you love to bash the uh, L word. You won't even say their name. I won't say their name, and it's because of their horrible, toxic fan base, which is kind of poisoning Dodgers games for me. I love the Dodgers. The Dodgers are my second favorite team in all of sports. I love the L.A. Dodgers. Obviously, my favorite team, my favorite group of guys, not even just a team, my favorite group of any sort, like better than the Beatles, Beach Boys, or Beastie Boys, are the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, my gosh, okay? yes. Better than the Wu-Tang sure. Clan oh, two, or the two. Fugees. Sure, okay? sure, Tutu. I love this group of guys, the Los Angeles Clippers. They're great. I love them. Yes. They're my favorites. They have literally – I love them so much, I follow them so feverishly that I could give a crap about four weeks of NFL football. It doesn't interest me. I mean, it used to a little. Let me also say this. We used to occasionally watch some football games together. It was never your favorite thing, but you used to kind Mm -hmm. of you used to kind of pay attention to it. Now you literally don't watch games or follow the season. No, I don't care. I truly don't. If my son wants to watch it, I'll put it on. But I don't remind him that football's on all day Sunday. I just I just rather watch anything else. I'd rather literally watch game six on a loop than watch anything. So I love these Los Angeles Clippers. And I never, like, look, I, I, I've i said this many times. I went to L Word games back when I used to actually call them by name. And I just kept finding myself rooting for the away team. And it was that 99-2000 year. It was our first year in, in Staples. It was their first year in Staples. I had never been to a Clipper game. I never went to the sporting arena, sadly. I wish I had, but I never did. And I went to that 99-2000 run of Kobe, Shaq, and others. And every game I went to, every round of the playoffs, I was rooting for the away team. And I was like, why? Why Why do I hate this team? Why do I keep rooting for Indiana Pacers in the NBA Finals? Why am I rooting for the Sacramento Kings in this best-of-five Game 5 first-round matchup between Shaq, who's lovable, and White Chocolate, I guess Jason Williams is lovable in his own way. Although he did retire when the Clippers acquired him, and then he joined the Miami Heat, and I'll hate him for it ever. I'll hate him for it for forever, honestly. But regardless, I always voted and rooted for the opposite team. And then 
It's well documented. You bought some tires. You got some tickets. You and I went, fell in love with Darius Miles, Quentin Richardson, Lamar Odom, oh, Elton yeah. Brand. Yeah, yeah. The Polish rifle. We loved Quentin Richardson. We just loved that team, and we rooted our faces off. And then, boom, next year, 2002, season tickets. We've literally been to the majority of every home game for the past 20 years. And you go and you root for a group of guys for 20 years, and it's just hard to root for anybody else. Now, in that time, we would see the L word twice a year at home, and then, of course, we would obviously pay attention when we were at Los Angeles. And you and I went to a couple of those games. The way we were treated by that toxic, spoiled fan base just really made me like the Boston Celtics, Hank. Do you hear me say that? Wow. I hate Boston. I hate I'm I'm from New Jersey, all right? I like the Yankees, Mets, Devils, Nets, Giants, Jets. I hate Boston. <laughs> I hate the Foxborough Pats, the Patriots, the Celtics, the other ones, the Bruins, whatever. I hate the Red Sox. Uh, the L-word fans were so toxic, entitled, spoiled and such aggressive jerks to us that it made me like the Boston Celtics. So Oof. I hate the L word. I hate yeah. them. They're they my were, least they, favorite team. In your it, to just support fans. that, yeah, they were quite ugly to us. And and I'm not talking about during the era when the Clippers were better or having better seasons or Lob City. Right. The past I mean, ten years, we've the, been better. At the point where we were the worst team in the league and an easy out in all of sports, we, we in would all lose. Of sports. We would lose and be having the time of our lives just getting to see basketball and be Clippers sure, fans, having fun. And we would walk out to just being called really terrible slurs horrible names um, horrible names without without trying without without engaging uh so yeah that's that's true that's true we we definitely got kicked while we were down a lot uh, for sure best thing doc for rivers sure. ever did was cover up those banners best thing he ever did everything else was garbage but the best thing doc rivers ever I know, did there's a fun was couple up there's a banners. fun couple of seasons of fans pointing up at pictures of our players cuz they forgot and they were drunk and then we'd be like you're pointing at pictures of Blake Griffin <laughs> You're pointing at Clippers. You're falling down. Your girlfriend <laughs> left. We we know it's underneath. I know it's underneath you. A bed of lies. The floor. Uh, well, bear, it's, a, it's bear, an exciting yeah. start. It is such an exciting start to our preseason. Some of our new guys are looking great. We got younger. If we're talking about the other team in Los Angeles, we got younger. Well, I don't think they did. I can't remember. I don't have the stats in front of me. Uh, I don't right, think they I'm did. Gonna rattle off, I'm going to rattle off all 20 Clippers that are on the roster now, okay? Brandon Boston Jr., he, he's good to go. He's going nowhere, folks. He will not get cut. He can jump out of the building. He is an electric rookie find from the great mind of Jerry West and Lawrence Frank and the chess player that is Ty Lue. Brandon Boston Jr. is the real deal. I love Boston, like I just said, and I love Brandon Boston Jr. The Clippers have such a weird history with Boston I've told you this, and I'll tell you again. The owner of the Boston Celtics wanted to relocate his family to Southern California because New England is terrible, because Boston is horrible, the people are terrible, the weather is garbage. He wanted to relocate to Southern California, but he can't take the Celtics to Southern California. So he calls then-owner of the Buffalo Braves, says, hey, let's swap teams. They swap teams. Now the owner of the Celtics becomes the owner of the Braves, and he moves them to San Diego. And then in 84, they move to L.A., and the rest is here. Here, the rest is he, had the best plus, he had the best plus-minus of the game at plus 15. The next best plus minus was 10, plus 10. 
He was That's nice. right. And Brandon Boston nice. Jr. is the real deal. He's in for the long haul. He's he's at one of our guys. I'm just going to rattle off the, the names. Brandon Boston Jr., Amir Coffee, sure, he's in. Avicha Zubats, Reggie Jackson, our starting point guard. Eric Bledsoe, the prodigal son, returns. Jay Scrub, exciting backup, backup point guard. Luke Kennard, that assassin from behind the three-point line. Terrence, man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Oh, the most points in the most important Clippers game of all time. Justice Winslow, a little too slow for me. Speed it up, Justice. Isaiah Hardenstein, oh, fire, bad, rebound, good. George, down with the king. Harry Giles, the third. Hello, my name is Harry Giles, the third. Moses, right, if loving you is right, I don't want to be wrong. Nicholas Batum, Paul George, Serge Ibaka, rookie sensation Keon Johnson, oh, Kawhi. Y. Leonard, two-time NBA Finals MVP, Marcus Morris, Mook, education reform now senior, and Jason Preston, rookie sensation. That's 20 guys, and I believe we can get a little cheeky and keep 16 with two-way contracts and agua caliente clippers and blah, 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 but four, at least four of these guys are getting cut and getting cut loose. Yeah. And so don't get too attached to a Moses Wright or Harry Giles the third or poor George King came in. And oh my gosh. Up. If you think that if you think that <laughs> Harry Giles, who as a power forward is supposed to be is supposed to also serve as a backup center and pulled eight points and twelve rebounds in sixteen minutes, and we've got Serge Ibaka who is just barely cleared for contact. If you think he's getting cut in the regular season, then I don't know what to tell you. You're about to be wrong again. So just keep your plate of crow nearby and take a good bite. Giles is the guy. I can. I Giles is the guy. I absolutely cannot see them letting get away. Really, can't well, why would see they it. let? Why would they let George King get away? I didn't He's say they would. In presence, he goes four for four. Well, why would they let Isaiah Hartenstein get away? He came in there. He had energy. He take all the heart in the world. I mean, and I guess put it because with Frankenstein's he, monster. I guess because he was a minus sixteen and had four rebounds while Giles had twelve, maybe. Oh, so Hartenstein is gonzo. No, is that what I'm, you're saying? Hartenstein no, is gonzo. I'm not saying I am only responding to you saying not to get used to Giles, and I think he's we're gonna keep Giles. That's my that's my that's my pick. Well, you you keep Giles, then you get rid of Hartenstein. We'll see. Because technically Giles is a power forward. Well, I'll I'll ask a lot of the guys tonight in the Chick Hearn press room when we're watching Los Angeles Dodgers wild card baseball. Oh, what fun. a crazy well, so crazy. It, I can't, I can't yeah, wait it's to great. watch it it's, there. It's a bummer for Dodgers fans, but it's fun that you get to watch a Dodgers game in the press room with reporters before watching a live Clippers game. It's so fun. But do me a favor. Just go down to the yeah. court during shoot-around and ask mm. every Clippers player, hey, are you going to get caught? <laughs> just ask them. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. And then just tell them, my name's Farbod. I'm Farbod. My name is Farbod. Do not ask me my last name. <laughs> I never learned Strangely, the correct pronunciation. Strangely, I cannot pronounce it. <laughs> I think it's Esh Nasari, but do not quote me. Oh you can quote me on a lot of stuff, though. Everything do you know that one of my highlights? Of my one of my highlights of last postseason was that at the end of that postseason win, when we ran into Farbod, like at the wee hours, and handed yeah, him our, LA, gave him our leftover gave him our leftover French, French fries, fries, and stood on the sidewalk. And just, I love that dude. He's such a great basketball mind, such a great reporter. Yep. Like man, I love that guy. Good guy. Absolutely. He thinks of us Absolutely. as his fathers, as his uncles. Darn it. Do you, rem- do you remember off the top of your head what he told us not to talk about? On no, I forgot it on purpose because I <laughs> respect him too much. 
can't we gotta go. We gotta go because I don't trust you. We gotta go. I don't trust you. So what? Let's so sound what the final Farbod, horn. Sign the so fu- what? Farbod told us not to say publicly. <laughs> keep this between us. And I was like, I never will. Eat the French fries and know that I am not trustworthy. Wait, I got it. I got it. What he told us not to repeat is. Dang.